it's a very exciting day for me today because it's one more new industry that I've not spoken to in the last few episodes from the media industry. So I have with me Akshansh. Akshansh leads the online product play for the Z Media Group. So I, I did not choose the thug life. The thug life chose me. The traffic that any media organization per se or the organizations that I have worked in the past uh, is getting to definitely be in uh, tens and millions. So the scale that you manage is uh, totally on a different level. Of all the people that are coming on the mobile website of things, is there a team that wants to move them towards app users? Hi and welcome to yet another episode of the State of Retention Marketing Podcast. It's a very exciting day for me today because it's one more new industry that I've not spoken to in the last few episodes from the media industry. So I have with me Akshansh. Akshansh leads the online product play for the Z Media Group. Yes. And a bunch of products within that portfolio. And I'll let him introduce himself further from here. So I had products and engineering for uh, IDPL, which is a subsidiary of Z Media Corporation Limited. So any, everything and anything that falls under the Z brand. Be it Z News, Z Business, we own our flagship brand DNA, infotainment brands like Bollywood Life, uh, India.com, their websites and apps is something that I manage. Awesome. So, well, do tell us a little bit about your journey till this point, Akshansh. Uh, I actually started my journey uh, with a computer science engineering degree. And like any engineer, I thought that first I'll do engineering and then I'll do MBA and then I'll decide what I want to be in life. So, with that... Uh, Probably just straight out of college, as luck would have it, I landed up with one of the media organizations, which is ABP News. They asked me to launch a couple of their properties, which eventually did very well. And then from uh, then on, have worked uh, on a variety of roles, given that I have uh, an MBA from Micah as well, which is considered to be make of marketing. And then I, uh, recognizing the trends, I did uh, a graduation program uh, from Harvard as well in uh, artificial intelligence. So all these have culminated into uh, a career which spans across products, marketing, technology, user acquisition, and retention uh, while managing uh, the entire PNLs as well. So that's quite a broad spectrum of things, clearly. Spectrum and you know, uh, while I've completely uh, loved the fact that a guy who understands technology as naturally is able to talk about marketing and retention in the same way, and because it's a fairly unusual kind of combination. So how much of this was conscious choices being made that you want to add and you chose this AI course? How did that come about? So I, I did not choose the thug life. The thug life chose me. So that it, it's the same analogy. I did not choose, uh, chose media, but the media chose me. And mm. once you land up in media, you are not really sure on what exactly. It's, it's an industry uh, wherein you have to do, you are expected to do anything and everything. It falls under the umbrella. So one day you're uh, thinking about how do you manage your product, how do you increase your user acquisition and strategy. Next day you're sitting with your editorial, drafting the video strategy. Next day you're sitting with your marketing teams and you're defining that how do you promote those videos. And then you are uh, sitting with your engineering teams and figuring out how to load those videos faster. So anything that falls in the digital space, once you land up in media, you start working in cross-functional teams and it, the, there is no clear bifurcation as such. That is what separates our industry from the rest. So help us understand a little bit about the properties <coughs> that you're running and what kind of, uh, let's say, scale this could be at an order of magnitude level. And uh, how does the organization that looks after these properties look like? And, you know, uh, focusing on the whole user engagement, detention acquisition pieces so any media organizations the numbers are uh, huge comparison to when you come uh, 
when you deal with FMCG or an e-commerce brand, wherein uh, the number of visitors that you will get in a day will probably be in thousands. The traffic that any media organization per se or the organizations that I have worked in the past uh, is getting to definitely be in uh, tens and millions. Mm. So the scale that you manage is uh, totally on a different level sure. for one. And uh, media organizations per se, as I was saying that everybody needs to uh, don different hats and work with cross-functional teams. But basically, uh, there are two main parts to it. Uh, one is editorial and the other is user acquisition. Mm -hmm. uh, rest, all the subfunctions support these two verticals. So when it comes to user acquisition, uh, probably they work on the inputs of editorial and editorial works on the inputs of user acquisition. User acquisition tells them that what the user is coming and exactly consuming. Basis that you draft your editorial strategy and editor actually tells you that this is what we see is can work. Can mm. you work a strategy around this? So it's a symbiotic relationship. Sure. So when you talk about user acquisition, this is essentially where uh, we're talking about driving traffic and app installs. Would there be like a fair split between mobile web traffic and app installs' mm. goals or how does the interplay work? So see, 90% uh, of our traffic come from mobile devices. And if I uh, talk about uh, any media, big media publishing house, uh, the split between app and mobile traffic would be uh, 60 to 40%, 60 being in the favor of uh, mobile traffic. Mobile web traffic, you mean? Mobile web traffic. Okay. And traffic. And in terms of the effort to drive installs, is that like a conscious effort being made at all times? Do you see a difference in engagement behavior of users? So, uh, branding plays a very big part. Mm -hmm. So, uh, most of uh, the acquisition funnel is, is all organic. When okay. people want to consume news, they are there are different political ideologies that people are aligned with. If you're a pro supporter, you're a pro government supporter, or you're a, if you're a leftist, your choices will depend on uh, sure. those. But then obviously, uh, every media house uh, turns out a lot of uh, content on the lines of entertainment, on the lines of crime, on the lines of sports, which act as uh, the crowd puller. And then it's up to you to retain them through efficient use of notifications, through use of uh, a, good, a good UI UX, which is aesthetically appealing, a good navigation, so on and so forth. Sure. So, uh, of all the people that are coming on the mobile website of things, is there a team that wants to move them towards app users? Is there a conscious play there? So, see, uh, distribution is something that uh, we don't talk about much. It's just mm -hmm. that our content should reach out to the masses. It can be any any medium. It, so, you being a marketer, you you must have come uh, yeah. across the code wherein it says the medium is the message. Sure. So we typically look at the retention behavior of uh, users a little differently uh, and your ability to engage with the user on an app tends to be slightly richer. So most uh, conversations that typically tend to have uh, have a strong inclination towards driving more app installs because you see better behavior. And which is what I was trying to allude to that if it's a metric that you care about. But if you say it's sort of lower relevance in your scheme of things, then maybe that's working for your purpose. Just adding to that, uh, probably the users on uh, our app are uh, people who are our loyalists. Hmm. So they are the ones who want to consume news only on our platforms. Sure. And the traffic that comes on uh, mobile web or mobile hmm. web are, are the ones uh, wherein intent-based queries are running. So suppose there is a breaking news, be that some gangster is shot or a cyclone is coming. You probably go on to Google and then you type in hmm. key what is the update on this particular sure. issue. And whoever ranks first is probably going to get that share of voice or but or when you when it comes to mobile app it's it's all your loyalist audience that every day you have to put in an effort to retain them hmm. so 
loyalist and uh, probably intent based crowd so obviously if we have more and more people on app that certainly helps it helps in uh, our traffic numbers it ultimately translates into more revenue rather than uh, on the mobile app yeah i was going to get to the whole kpi and business side of things in a bit but before that just zooming on the uh, triggered engagements versus organic engagements i would imagine you'll split your uh, incoming traffic you said the intent base which is essentially somebody put something on search they ended up landing on your content because that ranked at a appropriate place in uh, the uh, search results and then you had something going on with respect to directly somebody coming in typing your brand name in the browser and then coming there and on the other side you have organic app opens where somebody just in the morning as a routine opens the app to go through the top news of the day or it could be triggered by a push notification which is where uh, you announce some breaking news what does that uh, metric look like this there is certain uh, what to say strategy goes into converting your mweb users into app users sure. so obviously the first part is the paid part mm-hmm. when you run marketing campaigns on uh, certain editorial pieces or editorial content that you have been churning out and you want to showcase it to the world or probably you, every uh, publishing house has a typical ideology and you would want to create your user base there so that is where the paid part comes in mm. but on organic part uh, the intent always is to whenever there is a breaking news story uh, capitalize on that news story and then when people come on to your site you try and convert them into app users uh, the benefit there is as uh, i keep on telling people uh, that with any industry the sampling uh, is something which happens once in 30 days or once in 15 days so mm. if you if you are going to buy a soap or a toothpaste you will probably uh, arrive at a decision making uh, every 15 days when your toothpaste is up or your soap is up similarly for e-commerce brand you would only shop for clothes even if uh, you are from uh, tier 1 city and scca audience since you are a marketer you will be sure. able to relate to that you will probably buy once a week Mm. most of the people buy once a month uh, but in media you at least uh, get 10 chances every day to convert a user because there are at least 10 breaking stories which sure. people search and then uh, similarly on app to retain people you at least send out uh, 10 to 15 uh, notifications so every notification is a sort of a chance to it retain the user at the same time uh, convert the existing loyalist user into an evangelist for your brand as well if mm-hmm. there is a breaking and you are able to break the story first your notification goes out first for user reads it 9 out of 10 times he is going to refer that story to somebody and uh, he is going to say that i read it on zee news or for say any other dna or beyond and then that is how uh, app installs are driven so uh, get to the user first is like a big part of your kpi yes. in some sense and you mentioned this aspect around loyalist turning into evangelist is what would be the metric of assessing uh, the user segmentation in this scenario because it's a complex kind of an audience profile you have a diversity of interest perhaps diversity of frequency of engagement diversity of intervals of engagement how do you look at uh, the audience segmentation so uh, probably uh, first set of segmentation is all, uh, always based on interest interest based for what sort of content you are consuming second would be uh, your geography because uh, Uh, it matters a lot uh, wherein you are sitting and consuming news something happening in uh, northern part of the country might not be relevant to you at mm. the same time something happening in uh, eastern part might not be relevant to you so geography based classification is a, uh, something uh, is another thing that we take care of third thing is gender based because okay. there is a stark difference uh, between the news consumption and type of news consumption between mm. uh, men and women 
Okay. So these are typically the three type of uh, cohortization or segmentation that we do when we cater. You know, if I were to just break this down to say that, okay, you had the interest space and this would be subject to, let's say, click streams of what kind of content have you been clicking or spending time on. And then you talked about geography, which is India's multiple geographies. So the interest could be 10 odd maybe segments, something like that. Not even 10, 5 to 6. 5 to 6. Maybe. And geography will end up being what? North, South, East, West. So there's more granularity. We actually do a segmentation basis, uh, tier 1 cities, tier 2 cities, okay. and even tier 3 cities. So, so, so the there's a tier as well. There's one more yeah. attribute. You know, you'd be the Florida and tech guy as well. So you understand the number of columns you're adding to the yeah. whole table, right? And which is where now I start to wonder that, okay, there is uh, variable 1, 5. Now variable 2, which has the tier 1, 2, tier, tier 3, tier 4. Then you have a variable around, what, north, south, east, west, something of that sort. So you basically move from, let's say, 5 to 20 to now 40 to a large number of segments. How do you deal with this? That is, that is where in uh, Martech tools like yours come into the picture and help us take informed decisions. But is there a lot of then automation gets involved or uh, how would the choice of which news goes to which user get orchestrated? Because you have, so let's say, all, tons of breaking news. It's all automated and with mm -hmm. the generative AI coming into the picture, we are looking to automate more and more stuff. Although uh, half of the triggers that uh, any media publisher sends are, are editorial spots. Mm that this particular news story is going to work well for this sort of cohort. But a lot of things happen on the fly because mm. you are constantly working, constantly breaking news, constantly writing new copies that, that need to be put out, constantly shooting videos. So that is where we need the AI. You know, that's why I'd love to zoom into. Uh, you super go at the human touch, the editorial side of things, getting to decide which cohort gets what. And you have a certain size of audience across multiple cohorts. And there could be various ways of slicing and dicing this uh, Base, right. So if your editorial team has to say that, okay, this particular piece of breaking news is relevant for this group, and there'll be 20, 30, 40, 50 such calls, decisions to be made on an everyday basis, I would imagine. Because the breaking news universe is large and the audience is large and comprehensive. And uh, if you're talking about the use of AI within this, what is the AI component really doing? Is it choosing news and mapping to segment and having a send? There is categorization of stories. Okay. Then there is categorization within cities as well. What is mm. something that we call hyperlocal? So okay. what we typically do is that... Uh, uh, new site slash uh, category slash city and then you file stories. Mm. So you exactly know that uh, which city is going to like what sort of content from what category. If you could just put AI into the picture, he, uh, the AI would definitely be able to pick category and uh, probably it will be able to do cohortization basis the previous responses that we have mm. gotten for that particular category's uh, news into uh, a certain so, in effect, where the segmentation variables were quite a few, and now you have content which also has these attributes attached to it, the marriage of these two, and to do a good job in personalization is where you're expecting AI to play a role. Yes. So, I think what a parallel to this would probably be what content recommendations or thought recommendations in the e-commerce world. Yeah, might be. People who Close. saw this also saw this. People who consumed this also consumed this kind of metrics. You know, what would your uh, current, let's say, scale of automation in this whole game is, you know, if you were to send uh, 100 odd notifications in a day, would you say that 50 to 60% are driven editorially or more? Or what does that look like? So around 60% uh, are the ones which are automated. 30 to 40%. So typically editorial only uh, works on the stories that are breaking news. Mm. Something that new is coming in. Because within editorial also you have niche teams. Sure. One team would be working on Bollywood. One team would be working on crime. One team would be working on gadgets. One would be working on news. So it's typically the news one uh, news uh, editorial team which is going to send out these notifications okay. because those notifications are relevant and time-bound. 
rest all mm-hmm. locations can be scheduled so if suppose if you are doing some story in bollywood uh, a certain celebrity is getting married or um, some new phone is going to get launched today that stories are filed probably uh, one day prior to the exact date or two days prior and then the notifications are scheduled by the ai got it so in terms of the kind of kpis that these people are chasing and there seems to be diverse bunch of people who have access to execute the soul communication phase right what kind of kpis are they chasing is this plain click through or is there more to it first and foremost kpis page views okay then second kpis um, page views per user because a lot of uh, effort and cost goes into acquiring customers sure be it on app be it on uh, mobile mm. web there is a certain cost attached to to the same and once you have uh, somebody on your platform you would want to milk them as as much as possible so ltv comes into the picture as well the mm. more page views a certain user is uh, visiting the more are the chances or the probability of uh, him or her clicking on an ad and we getting some sort of revenue or the more chances are for them to uh, come across our direct campaign at, and buy something through our affiliate so first kpis page views obviously second is users per page views and third obviously is to retain them as much as possible and from the org design and handshake points there's somebody who's driving app install then there's somebody who's driving all of these communications a set of people the cac in in your language would this be an app install or is there another metric to defining for the user acquisition app install it's the cost of an app install so the team that's chasing all of these paid campaigns to drive app installs and spending the money on performance marketing there and uh, from their kpi point of view does it purely look at cac and cost per install or is there more to it we typically look at cost per install and then they pass the bait into editorial who's supposed to retain the user so sure. their job ends at uh, bringing the users uh, to the app install they just bring somebody to the door and now it's up to the editorial to retain them to show them across the place is there a feedback loop from the retention side of the equation to the acquisition side of the equation in terms of the quality of users of whatever nature because you know you can jolly well scale up probably a large number of users from poor quality sources and there is a lot of fraud that also happens in the industry now is there something on your radar yet in some fashion we uh, keep working with players and we keep working with technology to obviously uh, reduce number of bot installs we sure. have in past any publisher would have come across these uh, bot installs so there are uh, different software that we use and then it's it's pretty evident that uh, when you get a app installed but then the app does not get opened mm. for a certain amount of time or there is just one open in a day typical open rate is very low and then uh, you probably don't read anything you just come across the home screen and then you log out and then the app gets uninstalled after 10 days or 12 days so we are able to figure that out mm. pretty easily with the and type of analytics that we have something that the acquisition team is anyways mindful of yeah. but from a scaler perspective there's a fraud side of the equation and there is just poor quality audience acquisition because your penetration is huge already right so now if you were to expand beyond a certain level you will start to get users whose internet usage itself is not that insane which means their frequency of users their patterns of usage might not be in sync with your monetization goals how do you factor this that you know i'm good with this cac of let's say 20 rupees because this audience is going to engage like this frequency is this much time and you spoke about ltv and i'm going to delve deep into that but for now purely on the acquisition side how do you make it more let's say sophisticated or intelligent to make sure you're able to get the quality of audience you want it's basically hit and try level there is there is no formula to it yeah. we just hope that people who are coming are going to engage with our content mm. uh, India is improving in terms of literacy rate but sure. we do have uh, content mediums which do not require uh, literacy or probability mm. does not involve you trying to engage or concentrate because our attention spans are also very shrinking so stuff like web stories 
which are probably uh, present on uh, every news publisher site or app and hmm. accounts for uh, today at least 40% of their overall traffic is a visual medium wherein there is very little text sure uh, probably couple of lines and then you have 15 to 16 images yeah that is where the engagement comes from and after four five images you put a ad so that you get paid as well and since you are clicking uh, um, on web story you tend to click the ads as well yeah. then you have uh, photo galleries then you mm-hmm. have reels as well each and every publisher has introduced reels so the type of content consumption pattern is changing and that is what leads to higher engagement so which would then mean that you would get a whole bunch of people in and now find ways of tactically engaging them in some fashion or the other so they stick around long enough and that kind of now switches to the whole ltv side of the equation and given that this is ad monetized overall how does the equation work what kind of numbers you see as good enough or not good enough for a 3 month retention uh, which is probably in the range of 8 to 10% is something that would be uh, considered very good in media industry 8 to 10% at the end of 3 months and then So that's a very different benchmark compared to what we typically hear because in the e-commerce world most people will probably be hoping for about 30% at the end of month 1 three months is a very different story for a lot of them but in e-commerce how many times will you be using of that course, yeah. probably once a month or once a mm. week and our typical open dates in our day is anywhere between 70 to 80% so whatever user base we have 75 to 80% of them typically open our app every day most of this happen through notifications uh, because when there are we as i said that we get 10 chances at least yeah. in a day to engage an audience mm. after those uh, 10 notifications we would at least want to engage on two or three and every each and every media publisher is very good at writing clickbaits as well we practically invented the industry <laughs> you can't I'm resist sure. our clickbait uh, notifications which is kind of what makes me then wonder about the whole automated personalized side of things versus the clickbaity side of things because the copywriter can do a great job but ultimately what would be clickbaity for you might not be the same for me and that's where your automated personalized stuff bases all the cohortization and segmentation might come into the picture so what what happens typically which causes users to move on in some fashion it's very hard to predict at times what happens is that they want to take a break from news itself Okay, that is the prime reason that we come across that. There is too much news because you are stressed or whatever happens uh, in your personal life tends to affect the app consumption as well. At times, uh, so most of our use or uh, user base is in the range of eighteen to twenty-four. Okay, so whenever we typically see that uh, there are college exams scheduled or school exams scheduled, our install rate goes. Some fatigue is what you seem to be. It's all seasonal. Whenever elections are coming or a big event is coming, mm. like IPL, Asia Cup, World Cup, you tend to uh, see more and more organic installs and paid installs as well. But then uh, it's all cyclical. So there is yeah. there is nothing that you can point out that why users are leaving. Sure. So if you're doing this a uh, whole aggressive install play, and this gets let's say the paid side of things will also have its own cycles during. IPLs and elections and those kind of situations, and you will get a whole bunch of users from then who'll have their uh, run for a bit, and then they'll exit the situation, and they might also come back in the next cycle and so on. Because ultimately, the time in India with mobile phones, which are capable of handling apps like this, you're probably one of those people who might have hit the caps. How do you look at this situation? So typically, what happens is uh, what we see is that news. Uh, is always uh, a second screen nowadays nobody watches news typically on a linear platform or broadcast platform people okay. are consuming news only on mobile mm. so they typically even if you are watching an ipl match so where the ipl uh, 
being free on Geo and then Asia Cup and World Cup being free on WhatsApp, whatever platform they are going to be on, you would constantly want to be updated on stats as well. So while you are consuming news, if you are sorry, while you are consuming this on your TV, you would the want to stay time. updated on news, and then you would want to stay updated on uh, what are the stats that are happening in match, mm. and then with this FOMO thing coming in, if you are not able to see first five overs or uh, some event of a particular match, or if you miss something, you'll probably want to go and search about it. So the easiest way to do that is that. So that's what makes me wonder now, given that uh, the number of overall users that it could have. in the market essentially overall is finite and you kind of will hit the cap in some fashion or do you see there's enough headroom because india is such a large market there's geographies there's languages and there's enough headroom to grow because if you keep losing 90% of the users in 3 months at some point this will cap out how does it work for you so the ecosystem is ever expanding mm-hmm. we don't I, i disagree with the part that uh, it, it's a finite number so okay. every uh, Month we get a Comsco report or whatever study Google says the smartphone penetration is already uh, is always increasing in India. So I I don't it's, see a saturation coming. I would, I would imagine in. it like a some number it will start to like taper off, right? That number is still not in sight. It's early days. At least to us with five G coming into picture, mm. internet becoming more and more cheaper, we actually have uh, seen a growth in uh, terms of the ecosystem as well for the entire news and publishing. So what's very interesting for me is we typically look at ninety percent churn in three months equations as a very very leaky bucket and that could be unviable. But you're saying that this is viable for you and it's considered actually a good situation in the media industry because eventually, let's say a couple of hundred million or maybe five hundred million users overall in the ecosystem. And you spoke about the age bracket as well. And now this ecosystem will churn through your whole plane matter of let's say a year. At the end of the year, people might either come back to install the application and uninstall again in the next season. We just try to understand that uh, when you talk about LTV as a subject. is this to do with the uh, the single let's say duration of when i install the application and uninstall the application and that's the journey or is there more to it between uh, multiple sessions of install as well so probably it's got to do multiple uh, sessions uh, of install as well because we keep reaching out uh, on each and every medium that is mm. out there so if you might have installed our app but you might still be following us on instagram or you might be following us on facebook or you are following our twitter handle you might be following uh, one of the anchors or you might be following something uh, totally unrelated to us but you might see our story mm. being populated in your social feed you might get a clip of our any of our video or our, on our, or our article on your whatsapp or telegram so we keep reaching out to the masses and eventually sure. we know that uh, if once you have installed our app you probably Come back within a couple of months, three months. So the cycle will keep going up, going down, going up, going down. The same audience eventually keeps coming, right? Yeah, but eighteen to twenty-four bracket uh, is there. But when stuff comes, it gets compensated by other age bracket sure. as well. So month on month, for every news media publisher, there is only. So in effect, what we're saying is uh, there is going to be always this volatility of people coming in and exiting, and a good number at the end of three months. If you have eight percent of the people left, then that's a good situation. But those remaining ninety percent people who have come in and left will also eventually come back sooner or later. Eventually come back. So in a steady state, it's essentially the share of. So it does mind not concern us uh, typically mm. that people leave our platform. Although it's, mm. it's, it's, we would typically want to have uh, a retain better retention rate across sure. the industry, but then uh, we know that whenever there is a breaking news story, which keeps on happening at least once a week, mm. uh, fortunately, unfortunately, so we'll uh, always get a chance to get our users back. And then overall ecosystem keeps on expanding. So, mm. so for every media publisher, uh, there is uh, they have the numbers that have been uh, 
uh, in the past as well have grown month on month and that is going to be the trend in the coming year as well so in until effect, we hit that saturation point that you were talking about which is saying it's still early days is enough headroom available not there for 3 to 4 months years 3 to 4 years more to go so the overall universe will keep expanding people will keep juggling between applications but then there is enough room for everyone to play and does the typical user have multiple apps of this nature or is there a I mean, yeah, is there a way to I'm know that to come across a person who just has uh, one news app so typically sure. people have three to four news apps yeah and that's a pattern that it works for everyone because but is that also then a battle of whose notification reaches first when yeah. you have four apps yes which would then put a lot of pressure on your server infrastructure because that that's a complicated engineering problem to solve to make sure you're delivering to the billion users of whatever half a billion users in a matter of seconds because reaching their first automatically means greater uh, share of interventions exactly. the faster you reach the more are the chance uh, that the news gets consumed on your platform and when somebody is coming to uh, read a breaking news story we have very efficient uh, crm mechanisms content recommendation engine mechanisms mm-hmm. which would cater to uh, your interest and then so, so you saying when somebody comes to the platform is where content recommendation starts to play so hmm. the page view expansion so happens there average uh, page views or a screen views per user for any uh, big media publisher would at least be 6 once he comes in you'll make him do at least six stories so that's an average yeah so which means obviously there'll be people do you normally see this uh, in your play is this a norm that okay you'll be above average across the board or you'll have properties which are above below whatever you have uh, so uh, every uh, major media publisher has their own usp some are uh, some of the new ones newer ones of the crop are more focused on uh, doing niche stories so probably uh, during covid everybody of us read a lot of recipes on new york times because they had a very good cooking uh, category mm-hmm. that started picking up washington post does a lot of uh, real estate related posts wherein mm-hmm. they show mansions and everything which somebody typically sitting in noida uh, would also like to read so different uh, news publishers are known for different things and uh, probably uh, the ecosystem is too large for everybody to coexist we are not concerned about what others are doing mm. or what we are doing so typically it's, it's all going to average out you mentioned your content recommendation engine as an important part of your on page engagement does this also interplay with the communication side of things at all no. you would not want to send me something which is more curated to what i'm doing in some sense is this something which is on a to do so we have uh, probably uh, tried that and that hasn't worked well for us uh, we probably feel that uh, one of those industries where you like getting surprised you would want to read stuff that you don't intend to read or that is something which is out of the top that is what keeps you hooked the, rather than uh, if i know that you are a cricket fan if i keep catering uh, cricket news to news to you then it's probably at one point in time you will uh, hit a saturation level and you will stop coming back but what if i use that cricket story to get you on my platform and then show you two stories related to bollywood one story related to mma and then one completely unrelated uh, clickbait listicle you are more probable to stay on my platform which is a very interesting and slightly counterintuitive point overall because normally you would imagine a certain degree of pattern and preference that's uh, kind of how linear ai would work but what you're talking about now seems to be more heuristic driven or is this still something an ai engine is able to surface it's probably ai which has uh, come into the picture so we we so everybody uh, is trying to simulate something that people are consuming on a mass scale which is instagram these days mm. the news is also becoming instagramish be it 
inculcating web stories, beating, inculcating their UI UX. So you don't realize the difference that you're not on an, an Instagram and you're on a news app. And then catering stories in that particular format only. So we hmm. what we typically do is that on, even on Instagram when you're scrolling your feed, uh, 9 out of 10 times if you have not followed uh, a lot of pages, uh, that is your feed. But when you're browsing these on Instagram, uh, you don't know what you're going to see next. Similarly with news as well. So the uncertainty slash the surprise element ends up being a big driver of engagement, yes. which is not what you would think normally, but then AI is surfacing this as an outcome. People space. are so used to not just these days that they don't know what they want to read. So they typically leave it to you. Same thing with Spotify as well. You surprise don't know what you, are, you, you, you want to listen. Same thing with Netflix. They also have a surprise. Half of the time, people don't want to uh, do decision making for themselves. They delegate it. So passive... Delegation. delegation is one of the ways things are moving. In terms of the role channels play in your game and you have multiple, I would imagine users have email addresses, web push could be a channel. I don't know if SMS, WhatsApp make a lot of sense in your world because they tend to be expensive. How do you look at that mix? A typical media mix is tilted 60% towards social media and 40% towards uh, searches that come in from Google. Okay. Out of that 60%, 50% would be Facebook. A lot of people uh, above 40, 45 years consume content from Facebook. So This is all organic you're still talking about? Yes, this is all organic. Uh, rest 40 would be from Insta and then 20% would be from WhatsApp. That What does WhatsApp mean here? All of us have bots where we send push notifications to our users as well. Wherein they on WhatsApp? On WhatsApp. Isn't that really expensive though? It's, ex- it's expensive but then it keeps the user hooked. And uh, mm-hmm. the only things that we send on WhatsApp or any publisher sends on WhatsApp is something that has the potential to go viral. Because we are not making any money as such mm. from WhatsApp sure. uh, typically. But then the probability to go viral uh, when one of our videos is something that keeps us uh, spending on uh, WhatsApp or Telegram. So this would be typically a branded asset which would have the potential <laughs> to get circulated on WhatsApp organically. Suppose... Uh, Anybody has done uh, any media publishing house is a big breaking news or a big uh, interview that they have done with uh, a cabinet minister or a big sports personality or a Bollywood personality. How do you promote that? You use WhatsApp as that and then uh, you'll probably put out a teaser which which will hook your end audience mm. to it and then you get them on your platform. This would typically be links which will bring traffic back yes. and that's what's getting circulated. Yes. On one side, you spoke about social media, which is normally the organic feed on Facebook. Yes, organic. But given the way Facebook operates, your reach over there will ultimately get capped. Or how does it look for you? We keep on doing a lot of Facebook live with whatever celebrities mm. or personalities that keep visiting us in our studio. So whenever you do a live, your organic reach increases because Substantially. Facebook is also into uh, uh, FBTV and IGTV. So they sure. are, they push you organically when uh, you are doing videos and a lot of lives. So this is uh, 100% uh, organic Media mix, but if we talk about paid media mix, uh, probably our spends are more tilted towards Google, uh, mm. wherein uh, we spend 75%, or uh, probably any media publisher would have the same uh, paid media mix, 75% would be something that they would be uh, spending on uh, app stores, be it Google Play Store or iOS App Store, and rest 25% would be on uh, social media. So when you say app store, this is just about making sure that when somebody is searching for a set of words, your app ends up being at the top of the game. And that's where you spoke about the cost per install being the kya kala kahani. Now on the other side where you have people who have installed the application, perhaps have still have the application, but 
when the uninstall rate is a certain pace. So you still have maybe access to web push notifications, maybe access to emails, maybe access to uh, and WhatsApp in some cases, because even they've uninstalled the app, you still have the numbers and that could flow in. What's the ratio between known and unknown users and how does the media play on this side look like? So typically, uh, media as an industry does not have a lot of first party data, but mm. people are starting to invest into that, and trying to build their own user bases, customer bases, list of uh, email addresses and phone numbers. Typically, people don't have uh, the time to log in into a certain uh, platform, news platform, and then consume news because mm. most of it is on the fly and then you're breaking something you wouldn't want to spend money uh, or sorry, spend time um, getting the OTP, putting in the OTP and signing. So, uh, but yeah, uh, every media player is now started to invest into single sign-ons, SSOs and uh, we sure. are getting there. But if you talk about the typical mix, uh, probably... Uh, the ratio of known and unknown would uh, be for any publisher around 95% of the users on our platform are unknown. Okay, that's a huge chart. 5% of them. Because uh, the numbers that any typical publisher gets uh, is typically in tens of millions. So even if you are able to get 5%, uh, probably uh, in absolute terms, uh, you would be 2x or 3x of any D2C player or... (laughs) I'm sure. But on one side, you have... uh, Let's say social platforms like Facebook and Instagram, and ultimately they're also driving content consumption. And in between, they have a certain level of monetization ability sorted. It has to do with a certain amount of data that they've captured about the user, which empowers the advertisers to get better ROI when they advertise with us. Is this a lens that you look at in your uh, content play as well? That now the guy's spending this much time. If I'm able to do a better job on segmentation in some sense, then my monetization ability might look very different. Is that a lens that uh, you currently look at? So we do it in some form. Uh, if we uh, get quality audience on a certain segment, then probably it's very easy for us to go and pitch to a particular advertiser. For example, uh, if we have a very good uh, gadgets audience on our side, we can typically reach out to all the mobile players and say that uh, we have uh, these many people from tier one cities and our categorization is that they are from FACA or FACB. And you can typically do a direct deal with us rather than uh, routing it through Google or Facebook and uh, we'll, we'll give you better rates. So the industry mm-hmm. is trying to get there wherein uh, you are uh, leveraging your first party data to one more revenue. Which then would mean that uh, you would want to improve that 5% number to maybe a higher ratio. And that is the plan with the generative AI and things like BARD and ChatGPT coming in the mm-hmm. entire uh, industry is shifting to uh, to conversational search. So typically, Google has also seen uh, a drop in the searches uh, after chat GPT sure. went live. Yeah. So the future that every media publisher is seeing is that uh, people will even... Uh, searches are going to end. So the only way to retain uh, audiences is to create original content. For example, uh, 10 years back, if you wanted to know cricket scores, you'll typically type uh, like cricket scores and then you'll get uh, X publisher, Y publisher, Z publisher covering those and then you go to their site and do that. Now, if you type something, you'll directly get a Google card telling yeah. the exact cricket score. Same with election results. Sure. If you would want to see election results, typically five years back, you would go into a particular site. You'll have to go on a news platform and check the same. Google throws it up directly. Same thing with movie reviews. So, uh, Typically, as an industry, media needs to reinvent itself and uh, the way forward is only original content. 
how does uh, generative ai and original content interplay solve for the <coughs> users engagement because are you saying the user will look on chat gpt and the answer that will come would probably be sourced from your media and that's mm-hmm. where you'll have a certain share so i'll just give you an example mm-hmm. uh, being a wildlife enthusiast uh, uh, typically i keep tracking what's happening in, in that particular domain so if i come across a story that certain tiger has turned man eater in uh, sindhu films so uh, if i with generative ai coming in or ai uh, things like bard coming in the only uh, result that i'll get is that this particular tiger has turned man eater in sundarban and uh, it has uh, consumed 11 or 12 victims so okay. that that's going to be the end that is the information mm-hmm. that a conversational search engine is going to throw up things like chat gpt because your prompt is very limited but mm-hmm. with, when you start creating original content you'll mm-hmm. come across stuff like why does a tiger turn man eater in the first place how many tigers does sundarban have and then you'll have the entire journey of the tiger turning into a man eater when was the first victim there second victim there uh, interviews so this is this can be a typical 45 minutes of documentary so things which are human interest stories or original stories are something that are uh, the way forward for uh, media industry going uh, one step forward rather than dealing with anything or uh, everything on a superficial level because information exchange can happen through these conversational search or ai based mm. platforms but when you want to deep dive uh, again you'll have to come to a typical news platform which then makes me wonder in terms of the depth of content you're talking about creating what does it mean from the editorial and content creation side of things because the volume of original content you're talking about if you're going to deal with nuanced situations like wildlife enthusiasts who care about manators there are millions of such scenarios how does that scenario look like So you'll be surprised that uh, we do get a lot of uh, videos through a network of stringers or local reporters okay. who cover these stories, and they then uh, they typically sell it to every media publishing house. Mm. But what's happening right now is that people are not ready to consume that type of content, and they typically want only superficial news. That's how uh, players like In Short have mm. made a complete business out of it. But uh, with conversational AIs and things like Bart coming in. Um, all this would be taken care typically by bard which is again open to uh, beta platforms and that is how it typically works it's going to give you it's going to answer a query in uh, two or three sentences it's going to give you the source and then mm. it's going to give you the uh, typically like wikipedia nobody goes down and read those 50 citations which has all the links that sure. is what news industry is heading as well but when you realize that uh, this is all taken care of and people want to deep dive into something this is when you start creating stitching those local reporter videos into a meaningful 40 minute or 30 minute documentary and which would suddenly change the whole battle for ctms and stuff right because then the monetization model also has to look very different you can't bank on high volume of traffic that has actually all started happening because the cpm rates are at uh, an all time low for any media yeah. publisher So typically, the way forward is doing direct deals with advertisers, creating a lot of uh, branded content, and that is the way forward. So, what kind of timing do you imagine this to start getting, like, I don't know, what share of your revenue will start getting affected? Which is typically, uh, it's going to start post a couple of years. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, Bard is yet to go live. Uh, once Bard goes live, because Google can't keep, uh, Google can't. Go live the same way Chat GPT does. They cannot afford any errors, sure. being the company that they are. So if they release it in uh, 
end of this year typical adoption uh, there would be very little early adopters and then the typical adoption cycle kicks in so at least two to three years everybody has time to prepare and brace for what's coming this is almost seeming like an existential question for the media industry right because you will have people that might not be able to adapt to the new yes situation so what would be your top three pointers on how to prepare for this um first would be to do the pulse of your audience why is a certain audience coming onto your platform second is recognize what type of content they consume and in what format and third is uh, just focus on what works for you sounds like trying to cover each and every genre you're making it sound much simpler than it originally seemed to me but on that <laughs> note thank you so much for this conversation akshansh this was extremely insightful for me a bunch of uh, things that are counterintuitive normally the way i thought about commerce and recommendations but great thank you so much thank you for having so the part that i enjoy the most about doing these conversations is a very diverse set of people that we bring together the very diverse set of insights that come from them now media industry has its own set of questions and answers it's an existential question how they evolve given how ai is changing how consumers consume content right which is very interesting compared to what it was 5 years ago where google would send you traffic now google has its own content cards which does not send you traffic The part that is uh, extremely interesting from a leaf out of Instagram and Facebook essentially is the element of surprise in the content recommendation. People like to find stuff that they did not really predict, right? And that keeps the user engaged on their platform much better than what it would be if it was all predictable and boring. The third part, which is the media industry nuance specifically, given that the scale of hundreds of millions of users is kind of typical to either a messaging platform or a media platform. Users tend to have multiple lifetimes. They will install the application, engage with it for a certain period, want to stay updated with even 10 notifications in a day, but eventually uninstall and then probably come back after some time in the next season. So this is a very unique to media kind of situation because other industries tend to have a much sharper fall through. So I hope you found this content useful. Thanks for tuning in.